Wow. Yeah, my dad built her. 900 horses of Detroit muscle. It's a beast. All right, Steve, I have totally customized this podcast. I've dropped in an LS6 engine, upgraded the valve train, and added an F1 hydraulic roller cam. Um, that's great. I'm not done. Backing up the LS mill is a Tremec T56 and a GM Performance Parts LS7 11-inch clutch. The front subframe is a custom piece, and it uses all C4 contemporary, with the exception of the double-adjustable QA1 coil cover shocks and a 1-1-8-inch sway bar. A C4 VET IRS was also employed. Um, and that's good. Good! This podcast will go from 0 to 60 in 4.2 seconds and a quarter mile in 13.6. It will beat the shit out of any other podcasts on race day. Uh, <laughs> race day? Yeah. You're going to drive this baby against Mark Marin's What the Fuck podcast. I am? Yeah, what? why not? Just, just be careful. He's a sore loser, and we're racing for pink slips and cats. Cats? Yeah. If we lose, he gets the slip for the show. And your cat. Whoa, no, no. I, I I didn't agree to... Sure you did. Now, let's open up this podcast and take her for a ride. Come on, get in. Okay. Buckle up. Or not. Fuck it. I don't care. Listen to that engine purr. Ready? Uh, let's do it. I don't want to live without my cat anyway. All right. everybody it's me we're driving in a podcast somehow you know you don't have to take your eyes off the road while you're talking you can just do it that's right i'm gonna kick back i'm gonna i'm gonna let god drive for a little while hi everybody welcome to late seating (laughs) and on this show we take a classic movie and see if it lives up to its reputation whether that reputation is good or bad. And this time around, Steve and I, I don't think either one of us has seen this movie, right? This was my first time seeing it, yes. Yeah, this time around, we're going to take a look at the crime car movie adventure thing <laughs> that <laughs> the became the biggest Night Rider episode. There you go. That became the biggest franchise in the world. Yeah. Called The Fast and the Furious. That's right. I noticed fast. Didn't see too much of Furious. Everybody was pretty chilled out for most of it, yeah. For the most part, a couple times Vin Diesel got a little angry. But you can see why. More shocked than anything else. He's like, I it can't was, believe you're a cop. He didn't it wasn't really unwarranted. No. Yeah, exactly. Vince was pretty pretty furious all the time, but I think he had a drug problem. Anyway, yeah. we're, going, we're jumping ahead a little issues. bit. That's right. We're doing a car movie. We're doing a car movie called The Fast and the Furious. And uh, now we're going to review it. Right, <laughs> Yeah. Steve? Yeah, baby. I'm sorry, but I, I have so much adrenaline in my system. It's not like Steve and I just spend an hour talking about Star Trek before doing this podcast. I'm having tr- trouble changing gears out of Star Trek into this movie, but I'll do it. I'll do it, Steve. I, I can do it. I can double ha- clutch. I'll I, double clutch yeah. this bitch. Hey, watch there, this. <laughs> there are so many car metaphors you could make right now. <laughs> hey, Steve, do you have any, um, do you have any trivia? Before we start telling people who made it and why and who manufactured this and what the make and VIN number is. (laughs) I really liked this movie the first time I saw it when it was called Point Break. Shut up. (laughs) Sorry. I I actually, I don't have any, I don't have any trivia. (laughs) 
Well, the only little bit of trivia that I have is that this movie came out in a banner year for franchises, 2001. Mm-hmm. This movie, which became, the, as I said, the biggest franchise in movie history, as near as I can tell. And um, Harry Potter was 2001. Oh, yeah. And Lord of the Rings was 2001. Yeah. So that's kind of rare that you see the birth of three franchises in one year. Um, and that's it. That's all I got. That's all I got. Steve. And well, and and this and this was sort of an unplanned franchise. Like it's not like they expected yeah. to make eight of these when they this first made this. This is weirdly like the Star Wars. Like remember when we did the Star Wars review? What we liked about the original Star Wars was that Star Wars was when you watched the original Star Wars without the special edition crap and on you know the New Hope stuff added on. Yeah. When they made that, they weren't thinking that it was going to become a franchise. They were just making, you know, a sci-fi film. These yeah. people were just making a movie with a bunch of car stuff in it, right? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure they never expected this to wind up being like a tentpole franchise. Yeah. No, yeah. never. But that's what they got. So are you ready? Yeah. You ready to let's, hear who made it? Let's talk about the people who made the movie. Okay. It was directed by Rob Cohen. Now, Rob has also directed Triple uh, X which I also have not seen. Um, Me neither. And Dragonheart, which unfortunately I have seen. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask me why. I'm such a nerd, okay? It's a Sean Connery plays a dragon and I had to go see it. <laughs> he, he also directed Dragon the Bruce Lee story. I did. I think I saw that once. I barely remember it. Yeah, it's the same. <laughs> I, I have the exact same story. <laughs> think it was about Bruce Lee. <laughs> it was produced by Neil H. Moritz, screenplay by Gary Scott Thompson, Eric Bergquist, and David Ayer. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who know who don't know who David Ayer is, he uh, wrote Training Day and Suicide, and directed and wrote yeah. Suicide Squad. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Rumor has it. That's his name's on it. Yeah, everyone got real excited that he was doing Suicide Squad. Um, Story by Gary Scott Thompson, based on a Vibe magazine article called Racer X by Ken Lee. It was a uh, uh, newspaper article about um, illegal street racing and um, the crime associated with it. And they took that article about real stuff. And made this movie. Um, <laughs> they adapted it. They adapted it. Yes. Okay. Starring Vin Diesel. Now, that's a little on the nose since his name is Vin, <laughs> which means vehicle identification number on a car. <laughs> and Diesel. But he plays Dominic Toretto. And he has a custom-built 1970 Dodge Charger who I would kill people for. God, I love that car. <laughs> Uh, anyway, sorry. I'm going to tell everybody what they're driving, by the way, because the cars are just as big as stars in this in this movie as the as the people. You know, those little flesh things that drive them around. <laughs> the, 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 you mean the the things that the story is theoretically about, but no, not really. No, it's not. It's, but, but, <laughs> anyway, Paul Walker as Brian O'Connor. Um, Brian drives a 1995 Mitsubishi Eclipse GSX, and then later, after that one gets shot up by a bunch of Vietnamese guys, he drives an orange 1995 Toyota Supra. Michelle Rodriguez as Letitia Letty Orit... Deck. I must have written this wrong. Oritzitzi? <laughs> I think it's Ortiz. I think it's Ortiz. Yeah. I don't know why Orizitzi. it's... A, or I think I was just goofy. On uh, on exhaust fumes when I was writing this, <laughs> she has a very complicated parentage. Yes, she drives a dark faded red 1997 Nissan 240SX. 
Jordan Brewster as Mia Toretto, and she drives an Aqua Blue 1994 Acura Integra. Rick Yoon as Johnny Tran, and yeah. he drives a custom black 2000 Honda S2000. He liked it so much, there are two 2000s in it. <laughs> Chad Lindbergh as Jesse White. Also, if this was something else, he'd be also known as Brain or Specs. Yes, or <laughs> exactly. Or Professor. <laughs> and he he drives a 1995 Volkswagen Jetta. Johnny Strong as Leon. He drives a yellow 1995 Nissan Skyline GTR. Matt Schultz, who plays Vince, and he drives a blue 1999 Nissan Maxima. Wow, a lot of these guys have relatively recent cars. Mm. Huh? Yeah. Almost as if maybe there was some product placement. Hey, uh, Ted Levine! <laughs> you don't think. Nah. Ted Levine is Tanner, who rides a huffy 10-speed bike. I don't know. I don't... <laughs> Ted Levine, as we all know, played Buffalo Bill yes. in Silence of the Lambs, and he went out of his way to make himself unrecognizable from that character in this movie, and it works. He's actually a very good actor. I really like Ted Levine in many different things. Yes, yeah. he's... Yeah. He does a good job here. Right. Tom Barry as Bilkins. Noel Gugliemi. Googly Googly Emmy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> as Hector. Ja Rule as Edwin. R.J. Devera as Danny. Vito Ruginis as Harry. And Regis Lee as Lance Nguyen. Music by B.T. Cinematography by Eric Sincor, edited by Peter Honess, production company or- Original Film, and Media Stream Film, distributed by Universal Pictures. It was released on June 22, 2001, running time 106 minutes. Budget $38 million. Box office $207.3 million. <laughs> so they made a few more. <laughs> they made a few more. Um, so yeah, that's it. We're gassed up. We're ready to go. <laughs> We've We're got just our, waiting for the light to turn green. We got our road beers and our <laughs> pork cracklings for a long drive ahead of us out into the desert where we're going to go to race wars. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Steve is driving his... What do you drive, Steve? Um, a, I, have a, I, got, I got me a pickup truck. What? I got, I got me... I, I live out here in western Maryland, so I got me a pickup truck. What? I have a... What do you do with it? I, I, you know what? I don't really pick stuff up that much. I just drive I, it around. You just drive it around. Look at me in my pickup truck. Hey, y'all! Actually, you know what it is? It's protection, so that I don't, I don't get hassled. I, it helps me blend in. Oh, is that what it is? So they don't realize I'm like some tree hugging leftist. They see the I drive a truck Highlander. Like, I live safe. in the suburbs and have children. <laughs> I love how you say what you drive, and then you immediately have to explain it as though. <laughs> I, okay, I'm going to tell you what I drive, and before you ask, here's why. Mm-hmm. I could go into my past and talk about all the vehicles I owned when I was younger, but then it'll yeah. make me depressed, and Aww. I'll have a midlife crisis. And... See, I can't, I can't tell any of those stories because I have, to, as I think you know, and the, the the listeners probably have gotten a hint of here and there. I couldn't give fuck one about cars. Yeah, he doesn't care. I, doesn't, I don't yeah. care. So. They, as far as he knows, they they run on magic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just you put the gas in, you turn the key, car wizard. Exactly. The make ghost spell don't work no more. And the, the, the yes. mechanic entertain, <laughs> entertains your fantasy by waving a wrench at it. This will take a while, Steve. Why don't you come back? Yeah. Exactly. 
<laughs> exactly. My, my, actually, my, my brother is a mechanic, and he might as well be a shaman as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> like, I just, I don't, I'm like, just fix it. The thing He's it's doing, fix whisperer. it. <laughs> he made it go again. <laughs> it didn't go, and then he made it go. See, yeah, Steve he's... secretly believes that all cars are like Herbie the Love Bug. And if you talk to him nice, they'll help you. Well, you know, yeah. I, only, I only know what I've been taught. <laughs> it's not my fault. All right, you ready to review this movie? Let's do it. Okay, let's stab that gas pedal and drive crazily into the world of the fast and the furious. Yeah. Or... Slow and the indifferent. <laughs> <laughs> the mildly paced and pleasantly surprised. I don't know. There were, there were so many sequels that were pitched that were rejected. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should go in a totally different direction with this one, I'm telling you. No. <laughs> Let's just put a two in it. Come on, Steve, you're my navigator. <laughs> well, okay, here we go. Okay. So I, we're, we, what better place to start this exciting adrenaline rush thrill ride of a movie than yeah. at a loading dock where we see a uh, a cargo container being loaded well, onto the, the back of the truck? Well, the first thing I see is like the title sequence. Oh yeah, just spinning but not holding still, so I can't read it. And it keeps spinning around, and I'm like, oh, I'm watching this on the wrong ratio because it's not centered and it's backwards. And then yeah. it finally stops, and we can read that it says the Fast and the Furious. Yeah, because we're 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 still in this era of Hollywood movies where like the big budget would be blockbusters had to have needlessly obnoxious opening titles where like oh, yeah. the words flew at you and did things. I mean, you know what? Thank- I think a lot more people would watch dramas if they had titles like that. Could you imagine? <laughs> more people would have seen Ordinary People if the, the individual letters on Ordinary People came zooming oh, sh- in and they were on fire. Oh sure, Kramer. <sighs> Versus oh, Kramer. Now, the versus has to be stamped in. And first it says Kramer, then it says Kramer, and then the versus gets stamped Bonk. in with a metal sound. Bing! Like that. And then it Hoffman explodes. Creep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what we... we and, and I'm waiting with, for the title sequence where the letters are literally screaming at it on fire. That's what I want. <laughs> wow, this is really upsetting. This isn't exciting me at all. <laughs> I just want the whole movie to be over now. Um, <laughs> now and and uh, thankfully, all we all we get is the title. It's not that yeah. way. We don't get like a full opening credit sequence. No. We just get you know the Fast and the Furious, and it's all chromy and shiny and loud, and then yeah, it's done. And then we see a truck leave. We see a truck. Yeah, they're loading a cargo container on a truck, and one of the guys at the loading dock is on the phone talking to some mysterious person, and he's uh-huh. letting them know that the and truck he's like, is Hi, leaving. Mysterious person, there's a truck leaving. You're at a loading dock. There are trucks leaving constantly. Yeah, well, that's your problem. Goodbye. Click. Yeah. <laughs> well, and he says, he says, look for the truck with the, and whatever the company name is. Like, yeah. that's the only truck driven by someone from that company. Target. That's going to be on. <laughs> yeah, look for the, it, it says Walmart on the side. That's how you'll know that's the right truck. Like, oh, thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't miss it now. Yeah. <laughs> Can you but, give me the plate or something? 
It, it leaves during the day, and then all of a sudden it's nighttime. That happens a couple times in this movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so the truck is driving down the highway, and it is all of a sudden surrounded by a group of black Honda Civics that with have... green lights underneath with, them. Ooh, yeah, and driven by drivers with uh, with helmets on, so you can't tell who they are. No. And and they they surround the truck, and they do a lot of fancy driving. One of them drives, like, underneath the, the, the trailer... Uh-huh. And then comes back out for some reason, and and that's where we leave it. We just see the truck being closed in on by these mysterious black cars. No, that's not and where it, we leave it. Then it, one of them it, pops up out of the hood of the car. Oh yeah, and, and, they, and shoots a grappling hook through the wind windshield. Yeah. and pulls the windshield off, and then they pull out another grappling hook and they shoot it into the cab of the car, and then the guy jumps from the car onto the truck, climbs in the window. Oh, the guy the is like beating in, him. Yeah, yeah, with a baseball bat. And um, here's something, Steve. Yeah. If if the mafia has taught me anything, and they've taught me a lot, thank you, Joey the Fish, uh, for everything. Almost you've everything me. you know, really. <laughs> I mean. But if there's one thing Joey always told me is, all you gotta do is point a gun at a truck driver, and they pull over, and they give you the contents of the truck for a little tiny cut of the profit. Yeah. They yeah. don't usually just keep driving and go. I must protect this merchandise that I don't own. <laughs> yeah, the, and that I don't get a piece of it all because that's not how this works. I took an oath as a truck driver in truck driver school that said I will protect whatever is in the back of the truck with my life. <laughs> no load left behind. It's the truck this truckload of stool softeners will get to the Walmart that I'm transporting it to, or I will die trying. Do you understand I mean, me? And the funniest thing is, like, it turns out that they're they're hijacking like DVD players. So yeah. it's like you're telling me the truck driver is willing to risk his life to protect <laughs> a, a a bed full of DVD players. Like he wouldn't just pull over and say, "Fuck it, take it." Yeah, yeah, take it, please. Help yourselves. Yeah, please go, go for it. Can I have some money so I can report it? So I, you know, yeah, they're gonna report it back. It's like, oh, or how about this? You just unload the truck so I can keep my rig? If they own yeah. the rig. I don't think they own the rig. No, it so, looks like a company truck, yeah. Yeah. Just so this guy is getting it. paid maybe just above minimum wage? Yeah. He's got, you know, he's got hemorrhoids from sitting on his ass all day long. He pees into bottles. He's never home. He's never home. He's got syphilis probably from the last prostitute that he picked up. He has to pay to take a shower. <laughs> Just think about that. <laughs> but this guy is going to all. In fact, this isn't the only one that we see. They all drive hell for leather. Like, oh, oh yeah. my god! Like they're the Pony Fucking Express. <laughs> you like just give them the shit, man. It's not worth it. You're a you're not a Secret Service agent. You're a truck driver. Just let them have it. Now, I would like to say um, some real stunts. Oh yeah, great stunts. Yeah, yeah, the real stunts in there. Uh, but we got to cut away from that. Right. Yeah, we got to cut away from that. From that, uh, what and what becomes one of the the visual motifs of the movie? We have to cut away from something incredibly exciting to Paul Walker. Hey, <laughs> I know he's no longer with us. That's right. A little respect for the dead. He's drag uh, racing in the sky now. It's not. It's not his fault that whenever he, you see one of them, one of them, one of them contrails, that's Paul Walker that's tearing ass <laughs> in heaven. <laughs> He's doing a 10-second quarter mile in the sky. That's right. Anyway, he's testing out his car yeah. in the Dodger parking lot. And uh, then he starts spinning around, and that scene is over. Yeah, yeah. And, he's, and then we then after that, we cut to him visiting 
this little restaurant. No, it's Toretto's Garage. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, and it's a cafe. It's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like it's a garage, but it's also like a restaurant or a little convenience store Diner or something. Something yeah. like that. And he goes inside, and there's a girl working behind the counter. And that's Mia, and she's super cute. And her brother is way in the back in like a cage. Yeah, for some reason. And he's hitting on her, kinda. And she's yeah. kinda hitting on him, and uh, and then uh, Toretto's crew shows up. Yeah, a, a whole fleet of of Hondas pulls up, yeah. or Nissans or whatever. They 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 always drive in formation. They all pull oh, up boys, at once. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> whole bunch of cars with wheels show up. Whoa! <laughs> Look at all those cars. They're all different colors. <laughs> They're like candy. Wow! <laughs> like the United mobile... Color of Bettiton's racing team shows up, and yes. and uh, they all get out. And there's this guy there named Vince, and he sees Brian talking to her, and he don't like that. Nope. And so they get in a fight because I guess yeah. Vince likes Mia. Vince is a little sweet on Mia, if you ask me. Yeah, and they start punching each other um, after Vince uses a derogatory term, which is weird considering that, okay, he calls Brian a faggot. Yeah. Even though he is angry at him for doing something that a gay person would not do, which would be to hit on someone of the opposite sex. But, okay, Vince isn't exactly the smartest or calmest person in the it movie. Make, yeah, it, it, it's actually, it makes Vince, you know, about right in terms of level of intelligence for people that use that insult. Yeah, you know, that's <laughs> you know, uh, That's, yeah, I've, pretty much everybody I know who would say that is just like Vince. So they spend about five minutes beating on each other, and uh, finally Dom comes out to break up the fight. Yeah. And uh, neither one of them has a mark on him. <laughs> they know how to pull it. They, they they throw a good work and punch. They had a classic Kirk fight where they have a little yeah. bit of blood on the nose, a little bit of blood on the lip. And uh, Dom says, hey, where do you work? And he says, I work at Harry's. And he says, you don't anymore because he's going to try to get him fired, right? Yeah, because Dom is a big deal. Yeah, so uh, Brian goes back to Harry's where he works. And Harry's like, what are you doing? All the kids love Dom. And whenever they see him do something to his car, they come here and they pay cash to buy my stuff. Yeah. And, um, do you live here, Brian? Because <laughs> I think you're changing I kind your of clothes do. right in front of me, and that's a bed, and you, do you sleep here at, at my shop? <laughs> I didn't say this was okay. Where, what do you need now? And so Brian says, Brian says, I need NOS for his car. Right. NOS means nitrous oxide, Steve. I know. Mostly, you're probably more familiar with it when you go to the dentist. It makes and you laugh. It makes you laugh. That's right. But it doesn't make a car laugh. <laughs> it, it makes, makes a, car a car angry. Kind of, kind of explode a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but used correctly, it can make it go fast. Yeah, and and Brian, who has been listening to a lot of early you're Bruce gonna, Springsteen... You're going to punch me right in the face. <laughs> Brian's been listening to a lot of early Bruce Springsteen. He's had racing yeah. in the street, you know, mm-hmm. on, his I, on his iPod over yeah. and over again. He's like, I want my car to go fast. Yeah. I'm going to race Dom, and I need it to be fast. And I'm going to put in this NOS system into my car, like, in a matter of hours. <laughs> I'm just going to put the tanks under the hood and call it done. It's like Legos, right? You just kind of stick it on, on the top, and it's, and it's there. 
Yeah, sure. Anyway, so now we go to the abandoned warehouses because everyone's going there for a street race, right? It's, it's the street race district. That's Los right. Los Angeles' famous street race district. And it's one of them street races where everyone is young and attractive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Brian shows up and he meets a couple of guys. And uh, Brian wants to race for pinks, which means pink slips, Steve. Yes. <laughs> Because he doesn't have the money to enter the race That's by, right. by paying the cash bucks. buy-in. Yeah. So he says, if if I lose, then the winner can get my car. Yeah, and they're like, who wants your car? And then uh, Specs or Brainy or whatever his name is, uh, Jesse. <laughs> Einstein. Einstein opens up the trunk of the car and he's like, wow, it's got an engine in it. And they're like, okay, yeah, because you know Dom shows up. Because they weren't even sure if Dom was going to show up. Right. Right. And um, so then they leave from the, the that district to where they're actually going to race. And there was something really funny in that scene, Steve, because they cut to a helicopter shot of the cars uh, driving down a street. Yeah. Did you notice something funny in that shot, Steve? What was funny in that shot, Jason? The gigantic arc light that was pointed directly onto the street is in the shot. That's weird. Why would they have that? Well, because they wanted to be able to show the, the cars on the street at night. Oh, yeah? So they set up a gigantic arc light to shine on the street, which works great when you don't include the arc light in the shot. <laughs> Seems like that's kind of a goof, huh? Just a little tiny one, because when you see it, I actually re- rewound it to check and make sure I saw what I saw, because I was like, oh, that's weird. There's a big light on the street. I went, wait a minute. And I went back and I was like, there's a gigantic light. On- they left that-, that. Why is that shot in there, Steve? Dominic insists on his races being well lit. He pays for that light to be there so that everybody can see each other and see each other's cars. Uh Uh-huh. So now they're all getting ready to race, and it's Dom and um, Guy and Other Guy. (laughs) Other Guy. And Brian. Yeah. Right? We get some gross things where a woman promises one guy that he can touch both her boobs, even though he's touching one of her boobs at the time that she's promising that. I don't know why that scene's even in there. This isn't a main character that we're talking about. It's just kind of yeah. in there. And and there's no way in hell he's winning the race anyway, so who? Yeah, why exactly. do we even have to see this? Other than to, to let us know, some of these people are mm-hmm. kind of scumbaggy. Now, inside <laughs> Brian's car, he flips a bunch of switches, and the, all of a sudden, the inside of his car becomes more advanced than kit yeah <laughs> because there's like a computer and and readouts and screens and all of this stuff right steve oh yeah he's 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 got a little uh you know uh like AutoZone batmobile rig going on yeah. in there he's got geordie laforge in there <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna need warp nine in 10 seconds geordie <laughs> and so uh they get ready to race and then the guy says go and then they go, and all of a sudden we get sucked into the car engine, and we go through the entire <laughs> yeah. exhaust system. Yeah. And the cars start racing, and um, they very quickly achieve warp. Oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're going super fast. All of a <laughs> sudden Brian we're in hits and... the NOS system, <laughs> he literally does warp space-time, as near <laughs> as I can tell. We're in, uh, we're in like an anime film all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Go speed racer, go! Holy shit! Uh, huh? <sighs> but Dom wins. Yeah, they, it, because they, Dom pulls back his seat, and he has a NOS system too. Yeah, he's got seat. it sneakily hidden under the seat. That's right, and he hits his, and he wins! Hooray! And then uh, uh, Brian drives back 
and um, Dom gives a little speech about winning or driving or something. Yeah, well, um, Brian tries to pull the, oh, I almost had you trick, yeah, and yeah, Dom's yeah. like, shut up. <laughs> I won, some, shut up. Then someone listening on the phone goes, cops, 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 and because the, the cops are coming. Yeah. And so everyone scatters. And the cops are chasing people around, and Dom goes into a garage and ditches his car and then gets yeah. out on the street. Oh, but the cops, cops are too clever for that. That's they see right. Dom, and they're like, aha! Hey, and aren't you that guy? Pol- yeah, he outruns a police car for a little while. <laughs> yeah, he does. He, he does pretty good for himself. But then, from out of nowhere, literally from out of nowhere, <laughs> because Brian has Dom's sense, Brian shows up in his green little car, and he goes, like, get in. And, he, and Dom gets in. And, and they drive they, away. They drive away, and they lose the cops. Um, but apparently, um, Brian isn't the only one with Dom sense. <laughs> no, they are surrounded by a gang of bikers. A gang of Vietnamese motorcycle goons. Yes. Who, for some reason, somehow know that despite the fact that Dom isn't in his own car, and this is a <laughs> new guy that no one's ever seen, yeah. that Dom is somehow in that car. Right? Yeah, and they, they surround the car, and, and Dom clearly knows who these guys are. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they they stop. They go. They well, they, they yeah, yeah, they have uh, Uzis, and they take Dom to this. It's like a, a, it looks from the outside like a big Chinese restaurant. It's a little, uh, part is a little Saigon, yeah. Yeah, like and they, they take him, and they, they end up in the parking lot. You know, around there, mm-hmm. and and that's this is where we meet Johnny Tran, the Johnny leader Tran. of the motorcycle gang. Yeah, and, and he, I bet he just had uh, you know wanted to congratulate him on his win and stuff. And you know. yeah, it's very amicable up until the point when uh, they machine gun the shit out of Brian's car. <laughs> up until that and it point, explodes. Yeah, and it explodes. Oh, yeah. and this is the first mention we get of race wars because Johnny Tran says oh, to yeah, Dom, yeah. "Like, I'll see you in the desert in a month." In a month, yeah. And then, and then they leave, and then they come back and shoot up the car, and yeah. it explodes. And um, they go back to... They take a cab back to Dom's place, where everybody is having a party. I guess it's a, hey, Dom's got arrested party. Yeah. no one, to the movie's credit, just as I was thinking, wow, these people really don't seem to care about Dom, Dom has the same problem, too. Yeah, well, hey... <laughs> I'm glad the new guy that nobody knows was there to save my ass since all of you right. guys came back to my house and started drinking my beer, like, immediately. Yeah. You know that guy that you hate, Vince? He's my new bestie. He's my new best friend. Fuck you, Vince. <laughs> I want everybody to meet my new best friend, Donnie Brasco. <laughs> I mean, what was your name? Brian. Brian is his name. <laughs> Brian Serpico. Brian Serpico. Brian Serpico. <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> we should trust him with all our secrets. Everybody right. agree? And I'm going upstairs with Letty because we date or we're together. And then Brian talks a little bit with Mia. And then Mia drives Brian home. And it's the next day and Brian's driving the company truck and he gets pulled over by some cops. And the cops uh, handcuff him. They stick him in a car. They drive him up to this mansion up in the hills. And it turns out that Brian is a cop. Bum, bum, Tres surprise. <laughs> oh no. At two, Brian. Yeah. So they've uh, rented this house with a pool and stuff. And I'm kind of like... And, and this is where we find out that Brian isn't a detective. He's trying to earn his detective badge. Right. And they're working with the FBI. 
because all of these trucks are getting hijacked. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And we meet his boss, and we meet FBI guy, <laughs> and there's like 90 people working in that house. And I'm like, the FBI, a secret hideout, 90 cops, all for stolen electronic goods. Yeah, boy, they, they do not fuck around with heisted <laughs> DVD players in California. <laughs> there's like, the movie industry is our big thing. We are not yeah. going to stand for this. Mm-mm. So uh, he's like, hey, I need more time. And they're like, okay. And uh, he needs a new car because the other car got bloated up by the, the, the Vietnamese motorcycle goons. Yeah. And so he shows up at Toretto's garage with his broken down, busted up car. But it's got a really good engine in it. Right. Yeah. And he's like, hey, I, I owe you. Because remember, they race for pinks and now that car is destroyed. So he owes Toretto a car. A 10-second car. Yeah. Do you, do you know what that means, Stu? It means it can go a quarter mile in 10 seconds. That's right. Very good, Steve. Thank you. I only, Here's I, a caramel. I, <laughs> <laughs> I know a thing about cars. <laughs> it's a drag racing thing. We had, we actually, so, shockingly, there is a drag strip near where I grew up. I know really? that's a surprise, but yes. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. How many times have you been? Once. Really? Yeah. Oh, good for you. Yeah. Everyone should go to one at least once to know what it's about. Yeah. I went once and I was like, this is good. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good for now. I'm good <laughs> forever. I'm good forever. <laughs> okay. So they drive really fast from there to there. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. I went to a, I went to a, a, a car race once. I, I met Paul Newman. Oh. <laughs> that was it. That was the only time <laughs> that, I went. It was that's nice. my I went story. To Sears Point, went to Sears Point Raceway, uh, saw his team and met him. It was nice. Paul Newman was um, not at the drag strip that day when I was there. I'm sorry, but he wasn't I, a drag racer. So. I was I was bitterly <laughs> disappointed. Well, I had been misinformed. I was really expecting him to be there, and I was. I it took me a while to get over that. Anyway, so uh, Dom's like, okay, well, it's going to cost a, a gajillion dollars to fix up this car, but we're going to do it because I need you to race in race wars so that you can earn money to pay me back, right? Yeah. And so now we have a scene with brains or specs or, you know, genius or whatever, Einstein, whatever they're called, Jesse. Jesse, yeah. And Jesse's got his little computer thing, and he's like, we're going to do all this stuff to it. And Brian's like, you should be at NASA or something. You're super smart. And he's like, no, I got to give you the backstory because I'm going to die. Anyway, um... I could Why are we learning got, so much about this character? I got ADD, and the only thing that, that focuses me is engines. I'm like Mouse from The Matrix. Did you ever see The Matrix? I'm like Mouse. <laughs> Pretty Brian's much the same like, fate okay. at the end, you know, for the most part. Machine gun to death. <laughs> Brian's like, okay, I'm not going to get too close to you, because I know where <laughs> this is going. Get a very personal backstory info dump out of nowhere. Okay, you yeah. don't seem that important to the story. I know yeah. what this is going to wind up. Yeah. Okay. Then we have a barbecue. And um, the only thing that's really established is that Vince is still mad at Brian. Oh, boy. Because he leaves. And yeah. But then he comes back. He comes back because <laughs> he has to eat. Yeah. He'd just wander around in a circle, I guess. <laughs> Should I go pay for my own food? Nah. <laughs> I don't think so. <sighs> and so then he goes back to Harry's. And Hector, who was a guy he met at the, at the, at the races comes in and he's like hey i need to buy three of everything for this kind of car and that kind of car matches this the same kind of car that's been hijacking all the truckers yeah. hey is hector the electronics bandit he <gasps> could be 
He's driving the dreaded Honda Civic. That's right, but the Fibby and the police think that it's 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 uh, Dom. Yeah, but it could be Hector. Yeah, and Brian's like, it's not Dom, and they're yeah. like, no, but it is, and he's like, no, it's not. And like, look, he beat a guy nearly to death once. He's not. Don't turn your back on. He's bad. And the Fibby director is like, I'm a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I know he says things, but the underlying message for everything that the F- the Fibby director says yeah. is, I'm a dickhead. Right. Uh, oh, by the way, I just wanted to interject, I'm a dickhead. We got <laughs> it. Thank you. I don't like you or what you do. <laughs> so now we cut to a scene at night where Secret Agent Brian does a recon on Hector, right? Yeah, yeah. He goes yeah. into Hector's garage, and he's looking around, and he finds the cars, and he looks at the tires, and the tires don't match. No, it's the wrong kind of tires, because they, yeah, they, yeah. they've done some CSI shit to the some of the scenes of the robberies, and they know what yeah. kind of tires the robbers use, and it's the wrong kind of tires. Yeah, they use Japanese race tires, yeah. and uh, these are Pirellis, which is Italian. Different countries make different kind of car tires. Oh, is that how that works? <laughs> This joke is never getting boring. Hey. Anyway. <laughs> so wait, so it, 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 all tires aren't exactly the same? No, they don't all come out of a big tire factory or uh, grow off of tire trees. Dude. What? <laughs> I'm learning so much. <laughs> he comes out of Hector's... What happens? He comes out of Hector's garage and what happens, Steve? Uh, he gets... Well, first he gets caught by Vince. Uh-oh. And then Vince... And then Dom is there too, it turns out. Vince thinks he's a cop. Yeah, Vince is smart. Yeah, and then, uh, but Brian says, "Hey, I'm I'm just spying on everybody because um, I want to find out what the racing is that race war, so that we know what we're up against." And Dom's like, "Yeah, okay, <laughs> I'll buy that." <laughs> so then they all go to Little Saigon. Yeah, because because yeah, because he, I guess you know maybe this is part of giving Brian a chance to prove that his bullshit story that he just made up on the spot was true. You know, yeah, like, okay, well, let's let's go spy on Johnny Tran. Fuck it. And they go into Johnny Tran's garage, and they're looking around, and they notice that their cars don't have any engines in them, which a car needs to to make go. So if the cars engine. don't have engines, they, they can't move. Excellent. Here's another caramel. Ah. So now... <laughs> This is the last podcast we're ever doing. <laughs> I don't know. I'm swimming in caramel over here. I'm doing great. <laughs> I don't mind getting treats. Anyway, uh, when Brian's looking around in the garage, what does Brian see? Uh, he sees a bunch of Panasonic electronics. He sees stuff that yeah. looks like the stolen goods. Yeah. And he's like, huh, maybe maybe Johnny Tran is the electronics bandit. And um, then all of a sudden, they get this message that says, uh, Johnny Tran is on his way in. And so they go hide. And they come in, and they got a guy named Ted with them. Yeah. Ted doesn't have a very good time. No, unless your idea of a good time is getting beat up and then force-fed 50-weight motor oil. Yeah. Doesn't seem to be kills Ted. you. But <laughs> it doesn't seem to be Ted's idea of a good time. I don't know why it is that people in movies... This is the second movie I've seen where someone is forced to drink motor oil and they're, they're okay after. <laughs> <laughs> it's more psychological than anything. I think I'll be okay. <laughs> Yeah, so anyway, Ted uh, gets beaten up, and then he has to kiss someone's shoes. He has to kiss Johnny Tran's shoes. 
And now we take a little break for some character development. Right, Steve? Yeah, we get we get uh, the the full story of, of the Dom Toretto story. Yeah, and he, what is uh, it? He takes, well, he takes Brian back to his house and he shows yeah. him his car, the the aforementioned Dodge Charger that belonged mm-hmm. to his dad. Yeah, the Dodge his... Charger, oh my God in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear what he said the first time. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently what happened was that his dad was a racer. His dad was uh, a stock car racer yeah. and was killed in an accident. He got burned it up. Got burned it up. And then his car exploded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that kind of scarred Dom a little. Well, what happened was there was a uh, someone caused the accident. Yeah. Right. And then Dom beat up that guy. He didn't. He only meant to hit him once, but he was so overcome that he beat him up. And that's the guy who they were talking about who he nearly beat to death. Right. That's like the thing that Dom went to prison for because he beat the shit out of the guy who caused the accident that killed his father. And Dom demonstrates that he has some remorse about that. Right. That he, you know. And he also says that the car terrifies him. Yeah, he, he says was, he's never actually driven it. He's never driven it. He's terrified of it because it was his father's car. I'm sorry. If everyone can hear my dog snoring, I, I <laughs> he's gotten super loud for some reason. <laughs> that dog has sleep apnea. You need to get... That dog does have sleep apnea. Squishy, come on. <laughs> Daddy's making a podcast. Anyway. <laughs> well, now we cut to that to date night. Yeah, yeah. It's nice to see these two these two sweet kids get together. Unless we haven't mentioned it, I think we did that. Mia Mia is Dom's sister. Yeah, they look a lot alike. Just yeah. picture uh, Vin Diesel with longer hair, and that's Mia. They right, look, Steve? Yeah, they they look exactly alike. You can totally tell they're related. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah easily. Totally. Fa- yeah. Same facial structure. Everything. Same everything. Yeah. Not like they're from different planets. No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Mia talks about how, you know, she basically gives mm-hmm. not just, uh, she gives us a little bit of her backstory and also a little bit yeah. of the backstory from the rest of the gang, like yeah. that Dom and Vince have known each other since they were kids. and Third grade, I think, is what Yeah, and, and uh, Letty, Dom's girlfriend, uh, apparently grew up like down the block from them and they've known each other forever. So yeah. they're like yeah. a very close-knit group. They're a close-knit family of, of, of people. They're not a gang. She wants to make sure that everyone understands. No. Not a gang. They're a, they're a crew. Or they're, a team. Yeah, they're a team. Exactly. Which, by the way, crew is what you use is a term you use in the mafia. <laughs> <laughs> but not a gang. But not a gang. Not a gang. That's right. So uh, then we cut uh, to a new scene in which the hijackers are out. And Brian is in. Yeah. Dom's sister. Oh shit. <laughs> We cut to Brian, who who lives at Harry's garage, as near as we can tell. Yeah, I can't, he lives in like the 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 stock room of Harry's shop for yeah, some reason. He, he gets a phone call. He answers it. They're like, "Hey, they're out. They're the, the people are getting hijacked. You told us that it's probably Johnny Tran. Should we move on him?" And he's like, "Yeah, okay." Tom's sister comes up and she's like, "Who's that?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm uh, I'm a undercover cop. I." Uh, <laughs> I uh, just told him to go arrest Johnny. Don't worry, I was investigating your brother, but I, I, you know, it's okay. I just slept with you. I lied the entire time. I'm not actually. This my is... last name isn't what I told you it is. It's actually O'Connor. Oh, shit. This I mean, is all a dream. <laughs> go to sleep. Go back to sleep. <laughs> Nitrous oxide. <laughs> sleep. <laughs> sleep. <laughs> Whew, dodge that bullet. <laughs> 
Man, does is there nothing nitrous oxide can't fix? It's it makes magic. cars go fast and it makes girls fall asleep. <laughs> it's my favorite gas. I'll say that. Me, it's my favorite gas. It's my favorite gas. <laughs> so many uses. So uh, now we get a montage. Yeah. And it's a montage of cop stuff and car stuff and sex stuff. And um, what we see um, is Johnny Tran and his buddies getting yeah. arrested. Yeah, right? and, and they arrest... Johnny Tran specifically is arrested at his family's house in front of his parents. His dad slaps him. Johnny doesn't like that. No. No. But, and Brian's there, and he's wearing his, his SWAT cosplay so right. no one can recognize him. It's to not blow his cover. Yeah, just in case it isn't Johnny Tran. In which it turns out it wasn't. Yeah, they arrested because <laughs> it turned out all of the electronics that uh, that Brian saw in the garage were legally purchased. I guess That's Johnny right. Tran just he just really loves DVD players. He loves having boxes and boxes of DVD players in his garage. He just, yeah. just he, he didn't have one growing up in Vietnam, and he wants them. Okay, he owns Don't a store. He owns a store, <laughs> and he just needed some place to keep his extra stock. You know, there's only a couple of things that make Johnny Train happy. One of them is shooting things from a motorcycle, and the other one are boxes of unopened DVD players. You know what it was? Was when he was a kid, Johnny Tran grew up very poor, and all his parents could afford was one broken DVD player. And Not even that. <laughs> so, so he he swore when he grew up and he that he would get rich and he would never uh-huh. use the same DVD player twice. Yeah, so he now only every, uses it once and then he throws it out the window. Yeah, so every time he watches a movie, he needs a new DVD player. That's right. He throws the DVD out with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He buys new DVDs too. Absolutely. He hates nowadays. I mean, he hates Netflix. He hates it. He refuses to watch it. <laughs> no matter how many times he shoots something, well, how can he be? We know how this movie ends, Steve. <laughs> yeah. He didn't. He didn't make it to Netflix. Well, guys. you know, there's, there, <laughs> there is a beautiful world somewhere where Johnny Tran is still doing stuff and hating Netflix. <laughs> That's right. <sighs> okay, so now um, they finish the car, the ten second car, and they're driving it around, and then they meet some douchebag in a Lambo, and uh, and they race. And, yeah, you know. Dom says smoke him, and so he smokes him. And then they go to a restaurant, and Brian's like, I know you're doing something, and I want in. And Dom says, here's the address to Race Wars. You're going to go race, and then after that, we'll see if I'll let you in. Yeah. And he's like, cool. So now we go to Race Wars, which is at an abandoned Air Force base. And it's so illegal, Steve. It's (laughs) It's such an illegal thing. This huge gathering of people out in the desert on an abandoned Air Force base. And private security. Yeah, it's and it's tickets a, and <laughs> it's an illegal street race with corporate sponsorship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but it turns out Jesse or Specs or Einstein yeah, or the smart you know, one, Deuteron, the smart one shows up and is like, "I'm going to do something stupid." And I'm like, "What are you doing? I'm racing my dad's car against Johnny Tran. Isn't that smart? No, We're racing for pink slips. What? Don't do it." <laughs> Don't do what? Don't do the thing. Don't do what you're going to do. Johnny Tran Which, will... Don't do it. I'm doing it. Don't. Jesse. <laughs> Bye-bye. Here I go. <laughs> Does he win? No, he... Oh, he loses so bad. Yeah. What does he do instead of turning around and giving the car to Johnny Tran? Um, He keeps driving? 
He just drives off. And everybody's like, where's where's he going? Yeah, and Johnny Tran comes up and he goes, I want my car. And Dom says, no. And he says, I know you narked on me to the cops. And Dom goes, I don't nark anybody. And then they start punching each other. But don't worry, it's a Kirk fight. Yes, and exactly. And security pun- breaks it up. I mean, Come on, Vin Diesel is not weak. He punches Johnny Tran like 19 times in the face. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with Johnny Tran's face after that. No, Johnny Tran should be dead. Yeah, he he should really be dead. But he's not. He's he's okay. He's just a little pissed, you Mm -hmm. know. That night, Brian's in the trailer and he looks out and he sees Mia crying and begging Dom not to do something. And Dom's like, "I'm, I'm doing this thing. And he's and she's like, no. And then he leaves. And then Brian comes up to Mia, and he's like, what's going on? And Mia's like, uh, nothing. And he's like, I'm a cop. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really have to tell you this yet, but fuck now, it. I know we cop. make a lot of jokes about characters revealing their secrets to other characters earlier on. This is when it actually happens in the movie, so we're not making yeah. a joke this time. He literally <laughs> says, I'm a cop. And if you want to help your brother, you're going to help me find him because every cop in the world is going after him. I mean, the Fibby and everybody wants your brother. So you're going to help. Yeah. She's upset, but she's like, okay, we'll do it. And then he uses, he calls the cops and he traces the cell phone. And then we cut to a secret hidey hole where they keep the cars that they use to rob the trucks, right? Yeah, yeah, they, they, they get into their super secret mm-hmm. robbery cars. Yeah, and it turns out that they are the robbery people. Yeah, what a twist, huh? Yeah, and then now they're going to rob a, another truck. But this time, the truck driver has a shotgun. And the entire thing goes tits up because he has a shotgun. <laughs> yeah, it turns out your uh, your old mafia. <laughs> turns out Mad <laughs> Max is driving that truck. <laughs> it's your old mafia advice only reversed. The trucker's <laughs> like, "I'm gonna try carrying a gun. We'll see how yeah. that goes. Let's see how it goes." And they're shooting all over everything. And then Vince jumps over to get into the truck, and then there's a gun, and he's shooting. And then Vince is on the front of the car, uh, front of the truck, and they try to get him. And then he, the truck driver swerves, and he gets wrapped around the, the wire, and it gets yeah. wrapped around his arm, and he's dangling off the side, and the guy's shooting through his own door, right? He really, he, he does not want to give up these DVD players. No, he, this is a matter of pride at this point. And, <laughs> and he's shooting, and then he shoots Dom's car, and, and then he shoots, uh, Letty comes up, and she's going to do it, and she does this sweet move where she goes underneath the, the bed of the truck and comes around yeah. the other side, and... She gets shot, and then her car flips over, and one guy goes back to help her. But it's okay. She's okay. And then um, (laughs) Dom gets a flat tire, and he's now riding on the rim. And what's-his-name is there? And then Dom spins out. But who's there for the rescue? Brian to the rescue. That's right. He zips up, and he jumps jumps from his car onto the big rig, and he untangles Vince, and he throws Vince into, into his car. And then he jumps into his car and then they go off on the side of the road and then the truck driver just keeps driving and he's like it worked my shotgun worked and he kisses the shotgun and he puts it down to the side and he says you're my best friend now and i've just shot my whole rig full okay if he doesn't own that rig what is he going what the fuck is he going to say when he finally makes delivery what is he gonna say trouble he's gonna there's 19 holes in the in the driver's seat there's no windshield yeah, I'm. It's there's it's definitely, blood on the side of the truck, and, and you know his boss is going to be like, you know, it's definitely good that <laughs> you destroyed our company truck uh-huh. rather than just giving the hijackers the load that was insured anyway. Yeah, 
Oh, I you know you thought right it was thing. electronics. It wasn't. It was Beanie Babies being sent here to be destroyed. You <laughs> literally saved things that were going into a fire. <laughs> but they didn't take it, did they? No, I guess. No, they didn't. I, guess You're right. the, I know you guys take an, uh, an oath when you guys become truckers, but my God, guys, come on. Just let it go. <laughs> you were returning an empty truck. I mean... <laughs> I mean, people just let bank robbers take the money. Like, they're taking actual <laughs> money. Why can't you just let them have the shit that's in the back of your truck, man? I didn't really think about it that way. <laughs> like, I almost killed you, five people. <laughs> it was just empty pallets, dude. He just you pulls, dropped the load off already. That's an even better one. He drives, he drives five miles down the road, pulls over, and weeps into his hands for 15 minutes. <laughs> I wanted to be a veterinarian. I wanted to help animals and people. I nearly killed five people who just wanted the things in my truck. <laughs> this is what happens in a capitalist society when you teach people to value possessions over human lives. <sighs> anyway, so Dom catches up. Vince is in bad shape. The wire is cut into his arm, and he's losing yeah. blood and going into shock. Brian whips out his cell phone and says, Hi, my name is Officer O'Connor, and I need a life flight here, now, because there's a guy, he's been shot, he's got a laceration. Dom looks at him like, What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really should have seen this coming. Vince is like, I've never been so glad that I'm right ever. <laughs> yeah, I, I told you he was a fucking cop. God bless you, Brian. Thank you. God bless you. <laughs> Hurry up, get the helicopter here. Instead of taking out of the hospital, I'm going to become a cop too. <laughs> you saved my life, Brian. You saved my life. <laughs> but Dom is like, and he's like angry and understands what's going on that this friend of his that he's known since third grade is going to die unless they get a, you know, get a helicopter out there. So Brian's doing what he has to do, right? Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, they leave. Um, Mia's conflicted. She's like, I don't know. But Dom's like, get in the car, we're leaving. And she's like, I'm okay. And then they, they leave, right? Yeah, yeah. And the helicopter comes, gets Vince, takes him away. And then Brian drives directly to Dom's house. Yeah. Dom's got the car out. Yeah, he's got the he's got the charger out and a shotgun. Uh oh, he's going somewhere. Yeah, and they're arguing with each other. They're like fighting. They're arguing back and forth. And Brian's like, "I haven't called the cops yet, but this is over." And Dom's like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> and before anything can happen, Brains drives up. Right? Yeah, Jess, Jesse comes back and he's like, "Hey, I'm back. Sorry about that whole thing yeah. earlier. So I, how have I you don't been? know what I'm doing." <laughs> And I, what did I, I miss? I panicked, <laughs> and uh, just a second, it's hard to talk over these motorcycles driving down the street. Anyway, what I'm saying is, I think Johnny Tran <laughs> will probably try to kill... What? Uh, just a second. I, no one can hear me over the, the machine guns now? Johnny Tran... <laughs> will you please stop? I'm trying to say something. Just a second. Red stuff is coming out of my body. <laughs> I think I think he's dead. So in an unbelievable convergence of circa of coincidence, Brian not only shows up just as just as Dom is leaving, but then Jesse shows up and then Johnny Tran and his brother show up, right? 
Oh or yeah, it's cousin, it's or I can't remember. It's, yeah, it's and it's definitely the the time to be at Dom's place. Yeah, yeah. And Johnny Tran's probably like probably having a stupid barbecue. We'll show up there. <laughs> we'll kill them all, then we'll eat. Yeah, and then they start shooting all over the place, and they kill brains. He dies. Oh, oh what a shame. Yeah, didn't see that he coming fu- at all. He I fulfills thought, his destiny. I thought he would be the one that was going to survive. Oh, yeah. I, I figured he would be the one to anchor all the sequels. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So then Brian jumps into his car, and he's going to chase down Johnny Tran. Yeah. Right? And there's they have a chase, and then Dom gets into his car, and he's going to chase down Johnny Tran, too. And Dom uh, knocks one guy off a hill, and he falls down, and he's injured. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then Brian goes after Johnny Tran. Yeah. And Johnny Tran's got still got a machine gun. They're shooting at these guys, right? And they have oh, yeah. some of them uh, Infinity Clip machine guns. <laughs> exactly. That never put runs in, out of he, bullets. He put in the infinite ammo code before yeah, he started right. driving. <laughs> but then, what happens, Steve? Uh, Brian sh- manages to shoot Johnny Tran and hit him. Yeah. And he's he he crashes his motorcycle, and and Brian goes to check on him, and yeah. Johnny Tran's dead. Yeah, hmm. and then he yells at a bunch of people to call nine one one because he he sees that uh, he sees uh, Dom and he catches up to Dom and they're on this street. He said, "When I was a kid, we used to drag race on this street, and the uh, railroad crossing down there is exactly a quarter mile away, and they're going to race, right, Steve?" Yeah, and Brian's like, "Oh, that's convenient." Yeah, and a, and a freight train goes. I'm getting in on this action too. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't seen convenient yet. <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand. Even if I lose, I win. I'm a freight train. <laughs> so they tear ass down the down the street. Freight train's coming. The the the, the, the train signal things come down. They're still racing. They're still racing. They hit their nos. They they're going, and then they get right in front of the freight train, and they just barely make it. The freight train nearly hits them, and they get across the other side. And they're like, huh? Well, whew. we made it. And then what happens? And then Dom crashes into a truck. Yeah, and the car Uh-oh. flips over. In the in an awesome stunt, in just a fucking awesome stunt, actually, Steve. That oh, yeah. is just a really great stunt, where he flips over and goes over the other car and lands. Yeah, but it's okay because people don't die in car crashes. Oh, never! Not, not in this movie, anyway. <laughs> Except in backstory. Except in backstory. <laughs> and uh, Brian comes up, pulls uh, Dom out of the car. Police sirens, you can hear them coming. And uh, what did Brian do? Brian tosses Dom the keys to his car. What? Yeah. He says, I owe you a 10-second car. Oh. Ah, call back. And Dom mm-hmm. gets into Brian's car and drives away. Oh. And then he then he goes finds Mia, and they live happily ever after? I don't know. I didn't see any of the other movies. <laughs> Wait, I'm talking about in this movie. They get together, <laughs> right? They, they just don't leave her hanging, do they? Uh, I, yeah, they kind of do. What about the rest of the Dom's crew? Where'd they go? <laughs> Who cares? Brian just... <laughs> Brian turns and walks really slowly out of frame. And that's, that's it? it? That's the end. You know, there's a stinger to the movie, right? I, I, no, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't stay that long. Oh, way to go! Oh. So here's what happens at the end. You ready? Tell me. Oh, boy, I can't wait. Okay, so we're like in space, and there are a bunch of floating rocks. And one of the aliens <laughs> comes up and says, courting the Toretto gang is like courting death. And then this big purple guy turns around and smiles at the camera. I might getting might be getting it's that confused with some, another stinger. It okay, sounds no, familiar. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, I think that I'm pretty sure this is what happens. 
dumb as at his house looking out a window. And then this guy in a black trench coat comes up and says, So, you think you're the only person that knows how to drive? And then Dom turns around, and it's Samuel L. Jackson. He's got eye patch on, and he's like, I want to talk to no, you about I, the Avengers Initiative. That, that's that, what happened, I, right? That sounds familiar, too. I don't think that's right. Oh. I don't think you're – I think you're still on something else. Oh, okay. Well, how about this? We're in Baja, Mexico. Okay. And we see a beautiful red um, Camaro SS driving around Baja, Mexico real super fast. And then we hear voiceover where Dom repeats something that he said to Brian earlier, which says that I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Something, something, freedom, something, something. And then he drives off into the desert and then it's the end. That's not from a Marvel movie, is it? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, the end. The end. The end. So, Steve. Yeah. What is your opinion on this (laughs) liquid-cooled quadracam movie? The Fast and the Furriest. Furious. Yeah, that's a different one. You know, it's... That's uh, about Greyhounds. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's a popcorn movie oh right? yeah it is i mean it's a total popcorn movie it's all style and no substance um but when the style kicks in during oh the during the the car scenes the chase scenes and the stunts uh it's really well done mm-hmm. i mean it's it's one of those movies where Pretty much anything that isn't a stunt or an action scene is just kind of, uh, like, who cares? Not all but, of it. There, there are moments uh, in there that are kind of a... There are, I mean, Vin, Vin Diesel is actually a really good actor and yeah. does a good job with what he's given to do here. I mean, mm-hmm. d- makes Toretto into as much of a character as he probably could be, given how it's written. Um and you know, like there, it's always cool to see Ted Levine pop up in something. He only has a couple scenes, but he, yeah, you know, he's, he's, good. he's very, he's yeah. he's very good. Um, in pretty much a thankless role, he's just like the 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 boss cop who's he's there the to give exposition. Gordon. Yeah, exactly. He's Commissioner Gordon. Um, and uh, it's the the stunt work is fantastic. Oh yeah, the the, the car chases are really well done. In terms of of, of the the filmmaking the thing that i really was impressed by was the way that uh rob cohen and his cinematographer and his editor were able to really give you uh a sense of speed mm-hmm. when there there's a really really well executed shot relatively early on when they're doing their first race where the camera tracks from brian's car and then past the other two cars and ends yeah. on dom's car while they're racing while they're highly in motion. stylized very very, very- yeah. Yeah. Very, yeah. Because the the cars are. It's one of the, it's one of those shots where it's like they're going at warp speed. It's like an anime, you know, shot where the the background is completely blurred, but the the cars are perfectly in focus, and it tracks from one to the next to the next to the next, mm. and it's it's a very fluid camera movement, a very stylized shot, and it's just really really well done. Yeah. Um. And again, you you really get the sense that they're going incredibly fast, like they're going ludicrously fast. What it's I like, also like about that is that even though. It does use like camera tricks, like when uh, when uh, Brian turns on the NOS and he goes into warp speed. Yes, and they warp the. They actually do a, like a warp effect when he's going faster. Oh yeah. One of the things about it is is that what I appreciate about that sequence is that it informs how the characters are feeling once the race is done because you're feeling the same way, which is exhilarated. 
at the end. Even though he lost, he's in a good mood. Yeah. Because what he just did was extraordinarily exciting, and they managed to convey that to the audience, even to someone who's like, I never will race a car in my life. Sorry, I'm interrupting you. I just wanted to interject that. Sorry. No, it's good. It's a good point. And one of the one of the other things they do is during the racing scenes, especially, um, they you get the impression that the car is difficult to control at that yeah. speed. Yeah. It, it it they they impart a real feeling of danger to what mm-hmm. they're doing, and that's yeah. really important in a movie like this, where it's all about the car and it's all about the race and and uh, the the speed and to get the impression that they're not just like you you get the feeling that if they do if they if they make one mistake then the car is going to go completely out of control yeah and the, they the direction and the the editing uh does a really and the special effects and the stunt work and everything just does a really great job of, of making it feel like something really fast and really dangerous is going on mm-hmm. um and and i think that carries the movie because yeah. I, I i honestly i am i mean it's this happens in a lot of movies like this i don't know why this is such a pattern with hollywood action movies but the ostensible uh the ostensible protagonist is the most boring character in the movie uh-huh. i i couldn't care less about brian o'connor i couldn't yeah. care less about his story i don't care if he ends i don't care if he gets the girl i don't well, they care never gave us he, anything to care about him no i don't care whether he catches dom or lets him go i, I i'm completely i don't care about any of that mm-hmm. um i'm a little interested in Dom, even though he he is also like he's very much a type, you know. There's 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 uh, lots of different sort of stock characters in this movie. Uh, yeah. There's there's Brian, who is the undercover cop who becomes infatuated with the world that he's been sent to infiltrate. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's Dom, who is like sort of a villainous character, but he has a personal code and he's sort yeah. of honorable. Um, and and because of Vin Diesel doing a pretty good job as an actor, you know, Dom comes across as the closest thing I think the movie has to an interesting character. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's, I don't think you're there for the characters. I don't think you're there for the story. I don't no. think you're there for the plot because I don't, I mean, anybody who's surprised that it turns out that Dom and his crew are the, are the thieves. Like mm-hmm. you've never, you've probably never seen a movie. Right. Like there's no suspense at all. Nobody, come on. Nobody believes for a second that it's Johnny Tran boosting these, these oh, big I could it's see the movie easily Dom. becoming it's Johnny Tran. And then that, that crew has to go out to stop his crew. It could have, but I, yeah. I don't know. I see. I never. I just when I was watching the movie, I never thought that that's what it was going to turn out. No, as. I always thought, I. you know, and it's going to be one of those things where, like, you know, the other cops are telling Brian, like, but you know, it's Dom, right? And Brian's like, I didn't like, think no, there was a Scooby Doo mystery at the center of this movie. Yeah, no. So. There's and it 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 rises and falls and lives and dies on the quality of the action, and the action is is awesome. It's very well executed, and it doesn't go on forever, Mm-mm. which is another important thing and there's not so much of it in the movie that you become overwhelmed because even though i think that the non-action scenes in the movie are kind of boring uh Mm -hmm. they they serve an important function nonetheless because they give you breathing room so when they get back into the cars and there's another big action set piece it's been a few minutes since you saw one so it doesn't feel like oh god here they go again yeah you know you're not exhausted you're not exhausted bored by it exactly and and everyone is different 
You know, mm-hmm. it's not just it's not just oh they're driving fast again. Oh, I wonder if that you know it, every, every action set piece is different yeah. and has its own stunts and its own style and and different things that the characters are trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just really well done. And the whole movie itself is less than two hours long, yeah. so it's it's like it's it's an hour and forty minutes thereabout, and mm-hmm. and three or four really good, well executed action set pieces, and the rest of it is kind of dull but well acted and and you know well executed um it's and for a popcorn movie i think it's i think it's really good like i really enjoyed it there's there's it's not i don't really think there's anything beneath the surface like Mm -hmm. it's it's all style no substance but the style is pulled off very well Mm -hmm. and and that you know the technical aspects and the action stuff is done well enough that i think the movie uh is carried on those so i actually thought it was pretty good yeah um, I will agree. I think it was very good. I think this is an example of a movie that knew exactly what it was. Yeah, sure. And so, as far as character development goes, it gave us almost enough. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this, I'm gonna put this forward. It gave us almost enough for it to be a serviceable movie. And what I mean is, is that we got Dom's backstory, M- namely that monologue where he's talking to Brian about his father and the past and all this other stuff, which is a very well-acted scene for mm-hmm. Vin Diesel. But, Vin Diesel is not the main character. The main character is Brian. And yes, Brian is kind of boring. He's kind of a blank slate. I get that. But, the movie would have been a tiny bit stronger if we had any reason provided to us that he would do an about-face. I agree. We yeah. don't. I mean, we get the idea. We can come up with reasons. Well, he really likes them, and he doesn't think they're bad people, even when he finds out, oh, they are they are thieves, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but he really likes Dom, and he's going to let them go. But we, we're never really given a reason as to why he would make that, that kind of turn um, in the film. If we got some kind of backstory about him... You know, like, oh, I never really had a family, oh, I never really had this, I really never had anyone trust me, or whatever. And it didn't need to be much, it just needed to be a little bit of background on the Brian character. Then, uh, you know, I wouldn't have any uh, problems with it. But since the end of the movie relies on Brian letting Dom go, yeah, it would help me if I had more than, oh, well, see, Brian's just a nice guy. <laughs> yeah. He's just a nice guy, and you just let him go. It's Dom's he's cool. Nice. He's not. He's not going to prison after this for you know, aiding and abetting, <laughs> or anything like that. He's just a nice guy. Also, uh, and I know it's a minor complaint. Would kind of like to know where his relationship with me is going, since last time we saw her, she was covered in uh, uh, Jesse's blood and screaming. Yeah. <laughs> What happened to her after after the ending? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What about <laughs> Letty or, or or the other guy? It doesn't matter. Eh, fuck it. The movie's over. <laughs> Stop it. It's not like they're gonna make seven more. Nah. But as far as a popcorn movie goes, yeah, it's it's perfect. It's very well paced. There's no one they hear that's incredibly deep. We're not getting any social commentary. We're not getting commentary on the cops. We're not getting commentary on society. We're not getting com. There's nothing here that's gonna make you question how you feel about things it's just watch people drive and yep. and if you're going in expecting more then you're going to be disappointed but if you're going in to be able to just blow two hours to watch people drive really cool cars around then you're going to be completely happy and 
I know that some people are like, well, it's just a stupid movie. And it's like, no, it's it's entertainment. That's one of the things that movies are supposed to do. Yeah. Is entertain. I did not co- go into this expecting it to be a freaking French New Wave film. Because if it was, <laughs> number one, it'd be in black and white. And number two, it'd just be a bunch of people sitting in a dirty apartment looking out the window at a bunch of cars in a parking lot talking about what it means to drive. And I don't need to see that. I need to see people drive. <laughs> sometimes you drive the car. Sometimes the car drives drive you. you. Are you going to drive the car today? No. <laughs> no, I will never drive again. <laughs> they are towing your car away. Good. I hope they crush that bitch into a cube. <laughs> um, the car belonged to my father, who I despise. <laughs> so, um, is the movie unrealistic? Yep. Oh, boy. Is it, is it dippy and stupid? Sure is. But I didn't come into come into it expecting it. I didn't come in with any expectations, really, because I'd never seen it. Now, if I had come in and, and found deeper depths, I would have been happily surprised. But since I wasn't expecting it, and it gave me exactly what I was expecting, and it was done well, I'm happy at the end of the movie, right? And yeah. you know what? A lot of people want to say, oh, well, it's just super easy to make a dumb movie. It's not. It takes talent to be able to make a movie that is entertaining. Okay, a lot of people want to say, well, the Fast and Furious, they just wrote a script really quickly and then they just did a bunch of sh-. No! The stunts in this movie were difficult to pull off. And they're real stunts. And one of the things that I noticed while I was watching this is when Vince, a character who I don't necessarily like, is hanging off of that frickin' truck by a wire. And it's yeah. an actual guy on the outside of an actual truck driving down an actual freeway. I felt tension for a character that I didn't know. Because I, I was sure that Vince was going to fall off that truck and get crushed underneath the oh, tires yeah. of that truck. And when you see people jumping from one car to another or another car driving underneath the truck and going around or whatever, that works. Because it's not CG bullshit. When they were driving, when they were, when they were drag racing the freight train, I knew that, the, the, that those were two separate elements shot at a different time. So they actually did not risk the lives of the, the drivers. <laughs> um to do that stunt, but um, it still worked on me because it seemed it felt real. Because up to that point, everything had been real. Up to that point, the 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 stunt where Dom's car tur- flips over and goes over Brian's car and then lands and crashes, that was a real stunt. Oh, and, and and that yeah. that that train sequence is edited just right to build yeah. the perfect amount of tension. I mean, you can see, yeah, it's easy to dismiss it and say, well, they just they they just you know somebody shat out a script and they just did a bunch of stunts. But I mean, there's no guarantee that it has to work. And mm-hmm. the point is, with this movie, it works. Yeah, you know, you're, I read you're, there were several drafts of this script. I read both of them, and they are very different. Someone actually went through. There's a reason why there are several writers on this script, and that's because they went through, they tightened it. They tighten this script up. And, you know, I don't think it's wrong. I'm not going to sit here and judge people for loving these movies. I can understand why they love them. Because they're fun. Yeah. They're fun. And there's no one in the films that are that is heinous. I'm not going to judge someone for saying, I really like Dom. I really like Dom. <laughs> yeah. You have to be insane to not like him. He's a, he's a dude with a code and a past that he regrets. How? I mean, <laughs> if you give him enough dimension, and I, I'm not saying that he is this super real character, give him enough dimension to the point in which I do care, 
so that when Brian lets him go, I'm kind of like not going, but what about justice? I'm not doing that. <laughs> right. I'm kind of like, yeah, okay, I can see that. I'd probably do the same fucking thing. I'd probably do the same thing, right? Yeah, well, so, I mean, it's it's pulp yeah. is what it is. It's pulp. Yeah. And, you know, not every not every work of literature has to be a great towering work of art. Not nope. every movie has to be, you know, Schindler's List or or 2001 <laughs> a Space Odyssey or Citizen Kane. There's uh-huh. a place there's a place for movies that are just really well executed mm-hmm. pieces of of disposable entertainment yeah. that you'll you'll enjoy the hell out of when you're watching it and they it, it it won't really challenge you all that much but at the same time it won't insult your intelligence or make you no. feel like you're being condescended to or taken advantage of and right. that's what this movie is. It's it yeah. doesn't it doesn't aim very high artistically but it it has some awesome stunts and some awesome camera work mm-hmm. and it 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 like you've said a couple of times it works it just it does what it sets out to do in a in a very solid way yeah so uh steve here's the mm-hmm. big question classic or not classic ah uh, i mean yeah I, see this is going to be difficult classic seems a little much i mean it still seems really new doesn't it it's, it's so, 2001 that's 16 years ago yeah, it's. I mean, it is. It's so recent. I mean, I don't know, Steve. We're talking about something that is still making movies now. Oh yeah, ten years from now, people, there may, might still be a Fast and Furious franchise going. Oh, on, there might where be they're a- racing cars on freaking Uranus or something. Yeah. I don't know. And yeah, because well, they, they they added the Rock to it a couple movies ago to sort of juice it. And I am when- here to. <laughs> I'm here to race for pinks. <laughs> I need to buy some NAS. <laughs> You're like from Jupiter or something. I need some NAS. <laughs> yeah, you right. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, you know, and you know, there, there's something else that we haven't really touched on about this movie, which you mentioned it earlier that it was sort of a surprise franchise. Yeah. You know, it's one of the only currently existing major Hollywood franchises, like a really bankable property yeah. that is original. Yeah, that, that that isn't based on a comic book or an older movie or a TV show. It's or, not a remake or a reboot yeah. or I mean, any the, of that. At, yeah, I mean, at this point, it seems kind of silly to say that because they have done eight of these movies, so it's sort of become its own thing. Mm-hmm. But it's it was you know it was an original thing. It wasn't the, a, an adaptation of a pre-existing franchise. And the closest thing it shares its DNA with are the 1950s and 1960s movies about drag racers, about yeah. teen drag racers. And it was always, you know, they're bad guys. You know? Yeah. Johnny lives to race his car, and then he dies at the end, and then that's that's the end of the movie. That's as close as we get. That's, a, that's the lineage that it kind of shares. And you could look at it as an updating, updating of that, that kind of that kind of movie. Um, done better, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and with less judgment involved, right? Um, but you're right; it is it is 100 percent original. It's not. It's based on a. It's based on a magazine article. For fuck's sake! It's not. It's not based on you know from the you know the series of books for young teens exactly. Or <laughs> and it's it's very rare. I can't. I, I'm sure there might be another example, but I can't think of one at the moment of of a, a Hollywood franchise that's gotten seven or eight movies deep. Currently, that it, currently, no. that that isn't based on uh, uh, you know a book or a comic or yeah. some pre-existing property. It's really mm-hmm. a one-of-a-kind thing, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so, so maybe I will call it classic. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to call it classic too, and I'm going to uh, give you the other reason why. This movie has inspired other movies and yeah. other copycats who have tried to do what they're doing. And I understand that these movies have gotten progressively more and more ridiculous as they go on, and people like them more. And this has actually inspired me to watch the other movies. Because I like ridiculous. <laughs> I really do. I think I'm going to watch the other ones, too. And I understand yeah. that they've become more soap opery. I, they, I think they race or fight a submarine in Furious 7. <laughs> of course they do. And I think it would be fascinating to watch it progress from this movie, which is, for the most part, kind of grounded about crime in L.A., and see how they get from that to Arctic submarine fight. That's I yeah. want to see how they get to that point. Yeah. I want to see The Rock and Jason Statham in this series and see how... I want to see the connective tissue for this entire series. And I think more than anything else, if this movie can inspire that in me, because I have not watched a single one of these films, then yeah, it's a classic. And, and you know, I hate to say this, but 20 years from now, someone's going to re- try to remake it. Someone's going to oh, try sure. to remake it and reboot it. And probably fail miserably because no one will remember what cars or gasoline is. You <laughs> go mean the car doesn't drive itself? Yeah. It's not electric? <laughs> that seems primitive. Or they're going to remake it with electric cars and no drivers. <laughs> It'll just be people playing video games. like. <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. Classics. Wow. Who would have thought? Yeah, Who would have thunk it? Anyway, uh, now it's time for us to recommend a movie that we all want you guys to see. Not just this one, but another one. Steve, do you have a movie that you'd like to recommend? I do, actually. I, cool. I have a, a recommendation that uh, may, may be somewhat controversial to some. There are mixed feelings about this movie. Okay, wait a uh, minute. I'm, I'm going to prepare to get outraged. Okay, okay go, go ahead. On. Get ready. Get ready okay, to get I'm ready, outraged. I'm ready. Um, I really I've like got, this movie. I've got my letter. That I'm going to write to you? Yes. <laughs> and my, my poison pen. Prepare. Um, I really I really like this movie. I've liked it since I first saw it, but some people don't like it. Um, <laughs> but it is a movie uh, written and directed by one of the preeminent filmmakers of his generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of his minor works, I think it's fair to say, even though I really like it. But it is a movie about cars and about people that really like them and like driving them really fast. Uh-huh. Um, and it's a movie from 2007 called Death Proof. Okay, just a second. Okay. Dear Steve, how dare you? You don't have to narrate. You can just write. You can just seethe. I like the last three hours of Death Proof. (laughs) Oh, it's not three hours long? (laughs) Felt like it. (laughs) It's only two hours long. Um, So... It's and this it was originally released theatrically as a double feature along with a Robert Rodriguez movie called Planet Terror under the title yeah. Grindhouse. Right. Um, I think that Death Proof is the best of the two Grindhouse movies. Although I think Planet Terror is okay, but I, I think I, Planet I, Terror understood what they were what they were trying to emulate. Oh, Planet Terror definitely was was more in like the the exploitation sort of. Yeah, uh, genre. You know, it was a more. It was. I saw them on a double bill. Did you see them on a double bill? Did you watch them both? Back no, back? I. I actually didn't see them until they came out. I watched video, them. So. I watched them in the. Th- I saw them in the theater on a double bill. It yeah. was you know death. It was uh, Planet Terror and Death Proof. 
and it showed all of the coming attractions in between. Right, right, right. So I was in the theater for like a million hours or something like that. <laughs> and so maybe I didn't have the patience for Death Proof after watching Planet Terror and then watching the real spot, some of them very spot on trailers that were made oh, yeah. by various other directors. Yeah. Um, and then getting Death Proof right after that, it was kind of a... A uh, bit of whip, whiplash, yeah. I think. <laughs> well, the thing, the the one of the major criticisms that Death Proof gets from people that don't care for it is, and this, I mean, this is a fair criticism. This is a part of the movie. It's incredibly talky. There are oh, yeah. there are long, long scenes where it's just the characters having conversations, and usually they're not even really talking about anything that's that important to the story. They're just nope. they're talking about they're talking about cars, or they're talking mm-hmm. about their lives, or they're talking about stuff that really doesn't have anything to do with anything. Mm-hmm. And 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 to me, I like that because I like Quentin Tarantino's dialogue, and I thought it was interesting to to see him writing conversations that were uh, that were different than typical Tarantino dialogue, where it's not just people swearing at each other or yeah. you know yelling at each other. I mean, he he he's a terrific writer. And I, I just have an ear for his dialogue, and I really like it. Um, mm-hmm. It has a fantastic cast. It has a yep. really, I mean, uh, actually, uh, Kurt Russell, who eventually joins the Fast and Furious franchise uh, in the seventh one, I think. I, ha- I looked it up. but uh, he, Yeah, he, I think he plays Colonel of the World or something. Yeah, he's, he's a late addition to the Fast and Furious franchise, and he stars as uh, Stuntman Mike, one of my yep. favorite characters, because he's a complete bastard. And who's a psychopath. Totally, a psychopath, totally irredeemable. Who cries at the end. <laughs> who, 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 yeah, has an awesome end. Where he completely falls apart and becomes a clown and a joke and and gets gets his comeuppance in, in a really glorious way, um, mm-hmm. but he he he's great in this. Uh, they're actually the movie is structured so that it's basically split in half, where you have a, a, a one cast for the first half that is a, a group of really terrific actresses, and then mm-hmm. one group and a completely different group of also terrific actresses for the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like that structure. I like the I like the actors. I like the direction i like tarantino's writing and uh i think death proof is an underrated movie i don't think it's it ranks like with pulp fiction or jackie brown or you know among tarantino's greatest work but i think it's yeah. a, a really underappreciated uh work of tarantino and if you like uh fast and the furious and you want to see a, a movie that is a sort of a takeoff on exploitation racing movies of the seventies, but mm-hmm. not really because it, it kind of is, but then it kind of goes in different directions. Yeah. Uh, but I would recommend you check out death proof. That is my recommendation. Um, I like, I like death proof, but only if they cut about a half hour off the front of the film. Yeah. If basically my, my main complaint is is that the girls that were introduced at the beginning half of the film ultimately don't matter because they all die, yeah, all of them, yeah. And so it's kind of like, well, these are this is kind of like the opening bit where you establish the villain and what he does, and you really concentrated on these women who then die. So anything that we had invested in them is over with, and now we have to meet these new people, completely new people after yeah. that. And I'm kind of like, cut off a half hour, have him just meet them, and then have him kill them as the setup. So now we understand we can get invested in these new characters, and it doesn't feel like we're having to reinvest all over again, if that makes any sense. You know, if I um, was if I was going to cut something out of the movie, um, even though I really like this scene as its own thing, I would probably cut out the scene in the middle 
with uh, with Earl, the the Michael Parks playing like the the Texas yeah. Ranger guy, where where he's basically just explaining. You know, for the for the benefit of the audience, who stuntman Mike is and what he does. That yeah, basically yeah. he 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 tricks out this awesome death. I can't stunt believe car. you're saying cut out Michael Parks. Well, but it's and I know, and he just died too. No, no I know, respect. But I no mean, respect. I've not I've not ever seen him do something that I didn't like. Oh, me neither. He's he's he was a fantastic actor, and and he was always good playing this character because he played this mm-hmm. character in a couple of different movies. Yeah, um, he played this character in a, in a few of Tarantino's. Yeah, films. And, and yeah, he was he from Dusk Till Dawn, and he was also in Planet Terror, and and he was in this, and yeah, he was yep. a fantastic actor, and this he he was really well, he really did well in his character, and it's a good scene. It's and it's a funny scene because they yeah. keep they keep walking down the same hallway. Yeah. You know, it's obvious that Tarantino just had this one hospital hallway set, so he just kept filming them rounding a corner and yeah. coming back up the same hallway. And it's really funny, but mm. it also, it's pure exposition, and the movie just comes to a complete dead stop for like five mm. minutes while well, they're doing this. Well, I don't this. think, but here's the thing, I think if they had cut off the opening, that exposition is well-placed yeah. to help better inform the audience, but we already know that because we've just seen it. That's true. If you Yeah, it, maybe if it had come at the end of the first act instead of halfway through the movie. Right. It, it feels yeah. like, oh, well, we already know all this, so why are we being told it again? Yeah, because we've just seen Stuntman Mike intentionally crash his car into mm-hmm. someone else, so we can kind of figure out what Earl is telling us in that scene. Yeah. Like, oh, he does it on purpose. He gets like a yeah. rush out of it. You know? Right, but anyway. exactly. Anyway, so uh, my turn. Yeah. Okay, so as everyone knows, I recommend a movie from the same year that this was released, 2001. I was not going to find another car film because there wasn't one released in 2001. (laughs) So I'm going back to doing a polar opposite film. And while this movie was made as a popcorn movie and everyone loves it, I'm going to go back to my independent roots and I'm going to recommend a film that no one has seen and no one likes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, baby. That's not true. I know lots of people who like this movie. Um, but it is a tiny little independent science fiction musical. Ooh. That's right, I said that. Ooh. <laughs> a little movie called The American Astronaut. Hmm. And um, it was written, directed, and stars uh, Corey McCabe, uh, McCabe, or McCabe. I think it's McCabe. He has two E's at the end, so I'm never really certain how to pronounce his last name. Um, he's the lead singer and songwriter for a band called The Billy Nyer Show. And they basically made this little black and white independent film, um, science fiction film, about basically about space truckers. And um, the, he plays uh, the titular character, the central character, and uh, he is traveling to the moon to pick up um, uh, something to take it to Jupiter, and then he has to go from Jupiter to Venus. And um, that's about as straightforward a plot as I can give you. Um, to better inform you about what the movie's like, um, there are no men on the moon, and they have dance contests where they dance with each other. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are characters that are known as uh, Professor Hess, and, or the boy who actually saw a woman's breast. That's his whole name. <laughs> <laughs> because there are also no men on Jupiter. Um, there's a, a guy named Bodysuit who was a kid that was raised by aliens. Nice. And another guy named the Blueberry Pirate, who is a space trucker who transports fruit around. It's a black and white film with musical numbers that really don't have anything that much to do with the plot. But it's funny, it's subversive, it's 
deeply weird. It is a deeply weird film that makes sense if you can get your head into the world that they create. It, the special effects are terrible. All of the shots of his ship in space are all done as either um, art prints, like a series of, of drawings, or photographs. And um, I don't know. It's one of those movies that has images in it that have just stuck with me, either because they were so... Um, it was either so avant-garde or so surreal um, that they just kind of stick with you. There's a there's a sequence in which two men confront our main character while he's going to the bathroom, and they <laughs> confront him by plugging in an old record player, playing a record, and then singing a song at him. That is in this movie. So if you can find... The American Astronaut. I don't know how you're going to find it. You might just see if you can find it somewhere. And you're in the mood for some weirdness that you don't have to necessarily take seriously and that may wind up confusing you beyond belief. (laughs) Then please find the American. The, The main villain is Professor Hess. And Professor Hess can only kill people who are rude to him. (laughs) and he's determined to kill our main character because he's never rude to Professor Hess (laughs) and it drives Professor Hess mad because he's trying desperately to get a man to treat him rudely and he does it So go. You've never even heard of this movie, have you? I've never seen it, but now I'm going to have to scour the deep (laughs) web and try to find it Believe me when you see Professor Hess sing the song, Party, 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 you will hear that song in your head whenever you have a party. It is deeply disturbing. And I, I, I'm, I have it. I own it. I bought it on DVD from them. I went to the Billy Nyer uh, show while they were on tour to listen to their music, and they had the movie for sale on DVD. Oh, wow. So I, I own the film. So please, remember how I said I don't have too many soundtracks? I have this one. So, <laughs> uh, the American Astronaut. Hey, Steve. Yeah, man. We haven't done an old movie in a while. That's true. We've been we've been hitting the new shit lately. Yeah, I know. We really should go back to our roots. And you know what? I okay. realized something. Yeah, what? There's a genre of film that we really haven't done. Impossible. I don't even know if people know it's a genre of film, really. Well, I get. Well, what? What? I mean, what genre have we overlooked? Dog movies. Oh man. Yeah, yeah, I know. Dog movies. Those always those never turn out well, though. No, sometimes they do. Sometimes well, they have happy endings. Are we going to watch one of those? No. Oh. <laughs> hey guys, Steve and I had a little talk before this about what dog movie we should do, and uh, it was uh, between this movie and Lassie Come Home. And I realized that when he said Lassie Come Home, I realized I forgot that that was actually the name of the movie. So how in the world could we say that that's a classic <laughs> when no one even knows the original name of the first Lassie movie? And we also figured that Lassie is better known for television mm-hmm. because Lassie Come Home doesn't even have a Timmy or a Well. So how in the world? Yeah, that's not that's that's not the Lassie everybody knows and loves. Yeah, everyone knows TV Lassie. Yeah. But there is a dog. There's there's the dog that oh, everyone knows, right, Steve? Y- yeah, every everybody knows at least one thing about him. Yeah, everyone knows yeah. one thing about this dog. Yep. So, for our next film, why don't you guys go out and find a little happy film? Yeah. Called 
Old Yeller. Uh, yeah. Remember that movie that they showed you in the cafeteria in elementary school? And it was in the morning, and then your heart was broken, and you had to go to classes after that. They only did it that because movie. the principal wanted to win a bet. Yeah, I'm going to show him old yellow. You think I won't? No, you, are you? no, that's not the bet. The bet was I'll get every kid in this class in this auditorium to cry. <laughs> There's no way these kids are jaded. Watch this. <laughs> How many people have a dog? Okay. How many people want a dog? Uh, that's pretty much everybody. All right. How many people like dogs? Okay, except for Perkins, who got attacked last week, last week by a dog. You, you're excused. That's cheating, sir. Fuck you. You go to the library. <laughs> am I the principal of this motherfucker, or am I the principal of this motherfucker? <laughs> I mean, he'll just he'll cry, but he'll cry because he's re- reliving trauma about being attacked by a dog. I don't need that. I'm not gonna. Cr- I'm not gonna get sp- allow people to sue me to win the bet. Okay. <laughs> He can go read a fucking book. Everybody else, watch this movie. No, it was. We could do where the red fern grows. Oh. Two dogs die at the end of that one. Oh man, <laughs> I know. What is with like young adult novel writers writing dog stories? And they're like, I'm gonna wreck these kids. These kids are gonna read my book, and I'm gonna ruin their lives. I'm gonna teach you about pain, kids. <laughs> Well, it's okay because Old the Yeller had a little spider that would talk to him <laughs> and, and tell him everything's gonna be okay. And what happened? Uh, uh, what happened to the spider? She died. Too. Uh, see, it's uh, <sighs> fucking E.B. White. We just bummed our, ourselves out even thinking about the movie. <laughs> so you guys go out and watch it. <laughs> I bet you can't wait. It's one of those heartwarming Disney movies. Next time on Late Seating, you get to find out how big a monsters we are as we yuck our way through <laughs> Old Yeller. Oh, boy. <laughs> By the way, it's Old Yellow, not Yeller. Old Yellow? Yellow. Yes. Oh, hello, Old Yellow. <laughs> I say Old Yellow. Is that some foam on your lip? <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> I say, that dog doesn't look at all well. Yeah, I I'll shall push this bullet into his brain pan, shall I? No, use a gun, it's easier. Oh, oh damn. We don't have these in Britain. No, no. Perish the thought. Excuse me, old yellow, could you just lay down and die? <laughs> you know, he'll die of natural causes eventually anyway. I fail to see the need for this bombardment. Right, he's step. hydrophobic. He's just going to die of dehydration. <laughs> I say we just lock him up and leave him alone for a few days. Let nature yes. take its course. Yes, let's put him into this refrigerator and then duct tape it closed. <laughs> Push more. that into a lake. Problem solved. It's far we'll tell more Junior civilized. that he ran off. It's far more civilized than what you're proposing. My goodness. There's your free preview for the next review. Spoiler. It has kind of a down ending. Everyone knows the end. That's the joke. Everyone knows the ending to Old Yeller, even if they've never seen it. I think babies are bored knowing the ending to Old Yeller. (laughs) Okay, that's it. You made it to the end of another review. For Late Seating, this has been Jason Harding. And go see a movie this week. And this has been Steve Shives and Jason, I'm a cop. What? Ever since I met you, I've been undercover. I'm a cop. What? Undercover? Wait a minute. I'm not doing anything illegal am i wait a minute I will. why why are you undercover watching our late seating i think i all, j- all of our podcast is made out of legal parts i didn't get them off the back of a truck i think i just really pissed off my supervisor just a second i gotta call somebody where okay. 
Hey, Joey the Fish. Who? Yeah, you you told me that this podcast is on the up and up. You, you didn't you didn't sell me a, a stolen podcast, did you? Well, no. Steve Sharp says he's a cop. He's been a cop this whole time. No, I didn't know. Uh, Jason. What? Yeah. What? J- uh, Joey the Fish. That sounds. I mean, who is that? Oh, the fish is an old world name. Yeah. Definitely, I can always get another person to help me. Read hey, it's, I know a guy named Andrew. He's if, itching to do hey, this Jason, show. Hey, Jason. Yeah, it's. I mean, if if you could tell me where Joey the fish lives, that would really help me out. Oh, uh, sure. I've gotta find his address. He lives in Maryland. Hey, that <laughs> you'll recognize him by his baseball cap. Oh, uh... okay. All right. Okay, you did. Yeah, I'll be there for spaghetti dinner on Friday. Hey. J- yeah. Jason, yeah. What? You were. I'm sorry. Huh? You were. You were talking off mic there for for a few minutes. I. I it was hard oh. to hear. Did you? You didn't just tell Joey the fish where I live and how to find me. Uh, no. Joey is an actual fish. Oh. <laughs> well, then that he's wouldn't... in this fishbowl. Oh. I pretend that he's a mob boss. <laughs> I see. That makes. Yeah. Perfect if you want to arrest him, come on over. I don't know how you're going to get handcuffs on him. I'll call What's that, my... Joey the Fish? No, don't eat your own poop. I gotta go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll pick up the cop thing later. I'll, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Late Seating is a Let Me Listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Produced by Jason Harding. Theme music, Rollin' at Five, composed and performed by Kevin McLeod. You can find more Let Me Listen podcast productions at our website at www.letmelistenpodcast.com. You can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, or just about anywhere you download podcasts. Late Seating is a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to support Late Seating or any of the other Let Me Listen productions for as little as $1 a month, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash lemmelisten. And... Thanks for listening.